your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 353 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And we, of course, begin today's episode with what else but the breaking news that David Quinn has been fired as head coach of the New York Rangers after three seasons. He concludes his tenure with a record of 96, 87, and 25. And assistant coaches David Oliver, Jacques Martin, and Greg Brown were also let go by the Rangers. Benoit Allaire will remain in his role as the goalie coach. I feel like Benoit Allaire must have like a lifetime contract or something. And, and rightfully so, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm thrilled that he's still in his position. Seems like he really does a great job with every goalie from Henrik Lundqvist to uh, Andrej Palat. I mean, I don't know. Name any obscure goalie in Ranger history, but I'm glad that he's still there. But as far as David Quigg getting fired, you know, coming into today, my idea for this episode, what I was going to do is basically just kind of present the pros and cons of, uh, you know, retaining David Quinn versus firing him. And I think what we'll do instead is just kind of a variation of that because I really do want to present both sides of the argument here. You guys know, anybody who's listened to this podcast for any amount of time and any new viewers as well, any new listeners rather, you guys know that for the most part, I've been a David Quinn supporter. That's not to say he's been a perfect coach over the years. I think a couple of uh, common complaints are that, you know, he shuffles the lines a little too much. He definitely did that this season and that, you know, he may not give these guys enough time to gel and that maybe he's a little bit too trigger happy with the benchings. But overall, I thought he did a really nice job. And so what I'm going to do here today is I'm going to present both sides of this argument. Look at this as objectively as possible. I've already stated my piece that I think that David Quinn, and really, you could even throw John Davidson and Jeff Gordon in there as well, should still be in his role going forward for at least one more season. If we got to the end of next season, the Rangers are 10 or 12 points out of the playoffs or whatever it might be, and they're not looking like they're going in the right direction anymore, then we could have a talk about, you know, maybe moving on from Jeff Gordon, maybe moving on from John Davidson, and now, of course, uh, possibly moving on from David Quinn as well. But I thought all three of these individuals deserved at least one more season at the helm. Alas, it is not meant to be. You know, as David Quinn was fired today, I can't sit here and say that I was really that surprised by it. Now, if we went back in time two weeks and you told me that not only was David Quinn going to be fired, but JD was also going to be fired and Jeff Gorton was also going to be fired, I would have said, no way, that's crazy, you know, give them at least one more season. Uh, but then, you know, we finished reeling from the announcement that Jeff Gorton and JD were let go. And I think kind of the writing was on the wall here. I mean, not that it was a guarantee that David Quinn was going to be fired, but once Jeff Gorton and John Davidson were fired from their per positions, I think that a lot of us probably saw the writing on the wall here and probably figured that it was probably better than a 50% chance that David Quinn was going to be let go. But again, what I wanted to do here today was just kind of present to you some of the reasons in support of David Quinn being the Ranger coach for another season, why I think he should have gotten at least one more year, just kind of present my case there, but then also looking at some of the reasons why, you know, maybe you could make a case that the Rangers should go in a different direction. So we're going to just run through all those uh, reasons right here, right now. And the biggest thing that I can say, the biggest reason that I have in support of David Quinn and why I firmly believe that he should have remained the Ranger head coach for at least one more season, and this is the one, this is the reason on this entire list that we're going to spend the most time on, so just a heads up there. But the biggest reason that I can come up with is that I really believe that every single player on this team had a career season or at least very close to it. 
And additionally, I also believe that nearly every single player on this team either met expectations or exceeded them. So what we're going to do right now is just go through the roster player by player. I'm going to do this as quickly as possible. And believe me, we will dive into much, much greater detail on all these players and how they fared this season and what we can expect going forward from every single one of these players on the New York Ranger roster. Uh, we'll probably spread that out over a couple of episodes. But for right now, this is going to be a very, very abbreviated version of that because I just want to... Uh, you know, go through it quickly and just kind of use this as a case for why David Quinn should be brought back. Because again, I really believe every player on this roster either had a career season or came very close to it, or at the very least, you know, there were a lot of rookies on this team and a lot of guys who maybe haven't played a whole lot of uh, NHL hockey overall. But even so, I think just about all those players, once again, either met expectations or exceeded them. So we'll just go through uh, kind of what the line combinations were toward the end of the season here, the injuries notwithstanding. But, you know, the top line near the end of the season was Alexi Lafreniere, Mika Zibanejad, Pavel Buchnevich. Alexi Lafreniere, one of the few guys I think you could argue maybe did not quite reach expectations, although I would argue, you know, that he obviously improved as the season went on and had to deal with not playing hockey in 10 months. But I will still generously say that Lafreniere failed to reach expectations this season. So that's one. Mika Zibanejad. Now, of course, he got off to a really rough start this season. I think by now it's pretty obvious COVID had something to do with that. By the time this season ended, Mika Zibanejad was the Mika Zibanejad that we all know and love. He reached and or exceeded expectations. And, uh, you know, last year he was just insane. So if he didn't have a career season, this was probably the second best season of his career. So there's a point for Quinn. Pavel Buchnevich, a player that continues to get better and better and better under David Quinn and a guy who just had the best season of his career. Enough said. We got to keep this thing moving. We got to get through all these players. Artemi Panarin. You know, again, he didn't quite reach his production of last season, although when you look at points per game, it's very, very comparable. And obviously Panarin missed some time, but that's not David Quinn's fault. Artemi Panarin, a player that was already a superstar before he came to New York, but since he's been here, he's had the two best seasons of his NHL career under David Quinn. Another point for Quinn. Ryan Strom, once again, a guy that the Rangers basically stole from the Edmonton Oilers and a guy who was kind of just an unheralded journeyman, you know, maybe like a middle six run-of-the-mill center, and he's turned out to be a very good player for this Ranger team over these last two seasons. There's another point for Quinn. How about Colin Blackwell? He spent a lot of time on the second line on the right wing there with Panarin and Strom, and once again, a guy who vastly exceeded expectations, had the best season of his career. Another point for Quinn. All right, let's go to the third line. So we got Chris Kreider, Filipino, Capo Caco. That's kind of how the third line was lining up toward the end of the season. Again, there were a lot of injuries near the end, but that's pretty much how it was looking down the stretch here for the most part. Uh, Chris Kreider, you know, he is what he is. I think it was basically a typical season for him. He's very streaky. We know that. He's been that way long since David Quinn came to the Rangers. He'll probably continue to be that way long after David Quinn leaves the Rangers. But I think you can definitely say that Kreider at least met expectations because this is what we've come to expect from him. All right, Filipino. Hedl, again, you know, he teases you because he gets off to a hot start every season, then he kind of fades away. But I think for the most part, Philip Hedl being 21 years old, playing on the third line, I'd say he met expectations, and he definitely had the best season of his career. So another point for Quinn there. Capo Caco, I think he took a, a big-time step forward this season. But again, I probably would have predicted Caco to end the season with more points than he ended up having, so we'll count that as one point against David Quinn. So, so far, as far as players not quite uh, reaching expectations, you got Lafreniere and Caco, but that's it. Everybody else has either met or exceeded them. Uh, you go to the fourth line. Brett Howden, I mean... He just doesn't really produce that much, but I think he was just as good this season as he's been any other season. So, yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with anything we got out of Brett Howden as far as what we were expecting from Brett Howden. 
Then you've got Kevin Rooney. Kevin Rooney exceeded expectations. Rooney ended up with 14 points this season, established himself as you know a, a solid bottom six forward and a valuable penalty killer. So another point for Quinn there. Vitaly Krasov only played in a handful of games, but he looked comfortable. It looked like David Quinn was comfortable moving him up and down the lineup and, and just putting him with different players on different roles. Krasov looked dangerous when he had the puck very often. I mean, did he light the world on fire? He did not, but he was just getting his first taste of NHL action. So I would say Krasov, I would say he exceeded expectations. Another point for Quinn. Adam Fox. Norris Trophy candidate, probably the best defenseman in hockey. I don't think I really need to say anything else there. Ryan Lindgren continues to improve after an impressive rookie season, even added a little bit of offense to his game, plays the game with a toughness and an edge, and somebody who was totally unheralded when he came into Ranger training camp last season, he exceeded those expectations in both of these last two years under David Quinn. So, yeah, another point for Quinn. Ke'Andre Miller wasn't even expected to make the opening night roster. He faded a little bit down the stretch, I would say. But overall, I think the Rangers have to be happy with what they got out of Ke'Andre Miller this season. Another point for Quinn. Jacob Truba looked a lot more comfortable in his second year with the New York Rangers. I won't say that it was a career best season. He had at least one season in Winnipeg where he had a lot more points than he did this season on the Rangers. But overall, you know, I would say he at least uh, met expectations or at least got very, very close to them. Libor Hayek looked like a very improved player to me. I mean, I know he's not exactly a world beater out there, but... Overall, thought he took a step in the right direction. Brennan Smith, I mean, I'm not going to call it a career season, but, you know, he is getting into his 30s now, and I think he is somebody who probably did exceed expectations because a lot of Ranger fans were down on him. He was a healthy scratch at times this season, and by the end of the year, he was playing a pretty important role on this team. And we will get into the goalies and some of the players that were kind of in and out of the lineup as healthy scratches this season. We will be doing that in just a second, and then we're also going to present a couple other reasons why I believe David Quinn should have been retained as head coach for one more season, and also some reasons, we'll, we'll look at the other side of the coin as well, some reasons why maybe the Rangers were justified in doing what they did. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
We'll turn our attention to the goalies real quick, and then we'll go into some players who are kind of in and out of the lineup as healthy scratches throughout the entire season, and then we'll move on to a couple of other reasons, both for and against uh, the Rangers retaining David Quinn. So the goalies, I mean, Igor Shesterkin, you could say he was actually slightly better last season. Stats were a little bit better, uh, especially the win and loss record, but for the most part, I'd say Igor Shesterkin met expectations this season, did nothing to dispel the idea that he's probably going to be this team's goalie of the future. You look at Alex Georgiev, he had a career year by pretty much every stat. I know he struggled at times, but for the most part, he played well and uh, turned in a career season. And I would say met expectations. Keith Kincaid, I mean, he had the best goals against average on the team. You got to say he exceeded expectations. So no issues with the goalies under David Quinn. Then you've got guys that you know, we're kind of in and out of the lineup. Phil DiGiuseppe, I would say this is probably his best season as a Ranger. Julian Gauthier, same thing. I mean, again, I, I know that Gauthier didn't really play that much, didn't really do a whole lot when he was out there, but still his best season. Then you get, you know, a couple of these young defensemen, like Zach Jones, he played 10 games. I thought he probably at least met or exceeded expectations. He looked comfortable out there right away. Uh, chipped in with a little bit of offense, four assists, played pretty well in his own zone as well. Tarmo Reynonen, again, small sample size. He looks like he's ready to go, looks like a physical defenseman. Anthony Potato, career journeyman. He only played in a handful of games this year with the Rangers, but I thought he did fine. Jack Johnson, I'd say he met expectations or maybe even cleared them if no other reason other than the fact that the bar was set so low to begin with. And then you also have Tony D'Angelo. That was a complete disaster. Fair to say that he did not reach expectations this season. So if you look up and down this entire roster, and I got just about everybody. I mean, I guess I didn't really mention Johnny Brodzinski. He played in like two games. There might be a couple sprinkled in there, but I pretty much covered everybody. You look up and down this entire roster. Okay, so who did not meet expectations under David Quinn this season? Alexi Lafreniere. Even though I would say he's definitely moving the right direction, got going as the season continued. Same thing with Capo Kaiko. I think he took a step forward this season. I think he will go on to become a great player. And Tony D'Angelo. Those are the only three players. And D'Angelo, I think that was more on D'Angelo himself than it was on David Quinn. But yeah, three players of everybody I just mentioned that did not reach expectations. So I struggle to see why a coach who guided nearly every player on his roster to the best season of their career, or at least close to the best season of their career, should be fired at the end of the year. But anyway, we'll move on to another reason here. Like I said, that one was going to take up a ton of time, and we're going to kind of go rapid fire with some of these other reasons here. But to kind of present the other side of the argument here, because I know there's some Ranger fans who are not necessarily the biggest fans of David Quinn. There's probably some people who are happy today that the team's going to be going in a different direction. So I will appease that group, and I will throw out a reason why you could make the argument that maybe David Quinn should be fired. So here's the first reason. The Rangers on their roster right now, they have an MVP candidate in Artemi Panarin. He wasn't really a serious MVP candidate this season because he did miss so many games. But when he's out there, he's as valuable to the Rangers as any player is to any other team in this league. And of course, he should have been the MVP last year. We've already said our piece on that. But the Rangers, bottom line, they have an MVP candidate in Artemi Panarin. They have possibly a top 10 or at least a top 15 forward in the NHL in Mika Zibanejad. They have a Norris Trophy candidate in Adam Fox. They have quite possibly the best young goalie in the NHL in Igor Shesterkin. They have the number one pick from this past season in Alexi Lafreniere. They have the number two overall pick from the year prior in Capo Caco. And all it got the Rangers was a fifth place finish in the Eastern Division, a record of 27, 23, and 6, and no playoffs. So there are some Ranger fans out there. You know, you hear all those things that they have. MVP candidates, Norris Trophy candidates, uh, young up-and-coming goalie who looks like he's going to be a star. Early picks in the draft. And Ranger fans, at least some of them, would hear all that and think like, well, okay, so how we have all this talent, we have all this upside and somehow we're not finding our way into the playoffs. There are playoff teams out there who are doing more with less. It would at least seem when you look at just pure skill, it looks like the Rangers 
have the New York Islanders beat by a long shot, and yet the Rangers can't find a way to beat the Islanders, and the Islanders were the team in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and the Islanders are the team going back to the playoffs this year. It's just one example, just comparing them against one other team there. But you get the idea. There are some Ranger fans out there who I think are frustrated when they see all this talent and all this ability, and yet it just doesn't quite translate into a record that you're particularly proud of, and it doesn't translate into a playoff appearance. So I can understand where Ranger fans are coming from uh, that are in the anti-David Quinn camp when they point this out. I would argue that you know part of the reason for that is the fact that the Rangers, a little bit of a top-heavy team right now, you know, I think we've established that. It's funny because back when the Rangers went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014, it felt like what the Rangers had on that team, as much as anything, was depth. Because all four lines, it's like they had four second lines, basically. You know, they, they lacked a true bonafide superstar in either Artemi Panarin or Mika Zibanejad, a player of that caliber. But what they had in, in place of that was a lot of guys who you could move pretty freely up and down the lineup and a lot of guys capable of putting the puck in the net, really from top to bottom, just about all their forwards could score goals back then. Now, again, it's completely the opposite. You got a couple of superstars and then you've got players who either need to develop or maybe even some players that will be on their way in a certain amount of time and be replaced by either free agent signings or guys that are brought in by the Rangers via a trade or young players that get called up to the roster and stick there. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I can understand some frustration from Ranger fans, you know, seeing all this talent and then scratching their heads and wondering, okay, so why is this team not in the playoffs? And why are they underachieving? I'm not so sure they did underachieve, especially when you look at that division, but I can at least understand the frustration from that contingent of Ranger fans. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but... If you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet online offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Another reason I was in favor of David Quinn getting one more season as the Ranger head coach is that over these last couple of seasons here, I think it's become pretty apparent that the Rangers are a very strong second-half team. Now, as far as 
the way this season ended, I realize that that argument doesn't really hold up if you just look at the last six games where the Rangers went 1-5. and five. But I would argue that by the time the Rangers went 1-5 and five in those last six games, the playoffs were pretty much going to be impossible, if not literally impossible. And also the Rangers, you know, they kind of had the wind taken out of their sails down the stretch with the firing of Jeff Gordon and John Davidson. And also with everything that happened with Tom Wilson and, you know, having to fight the Capitals all night, the, the game after that. So... Yeah, I mean, again, it was not a good finish in the last week or so there, but if you look at the entire body of work this past season and the way the Rangers had to, for the second year in a row, scratch and claw and fight their way back into the playoff picture, if you just look at the Rangers from the middle of March through the end of April, or at least near the end of April, the Rangers were one of the hottest teams in the NHL. They went 16-6-3 during that stretch. That's very impressive, and in that time, the Rangers improved their record from 10, 12, and 3 to 26, 18, and 6, and they got to within four points. There might have even been a very brief period there where the Rangers were within two points of the Boston Bruins for the fourth and final playoff spot. Now, I realize the Bruins also had two games in hand on the Rangers, but I think it says a lot about a team that clearly doesn't give up on its season and doesn't throw in the towel when it's faced with some adversity. The Rangers started this year 1-4-1. and They were in complete upheaval. It would have been, I mean, this season really could have gotten ugly and really could have gotten away from them very, very fast at the beginning of the year here. And instead, they fought their way out of it. Now, of course, the players have a lot to do with that too, but I don't think that happens without a good coach kind of leading the way and setting the tone and pushing the right buttons and saying the right things to motivate these guys to keep going, to keep pressing forward, to not give up on the season, especially when the Rangers the Rangers couldn't buy a break to save their lives at the beginning of the season. Every goalie that they faced turned into Dominic Hasek and his prime in the early goings of the season, and they just were not getting any puck luck. I can't remember a single bounce that went the Rangers' way early in the season. In spite of all that, this is the second straight season that the Rangers came out swinging, didn't feel sorry for themselves, and found a way to at least get back into the playoff hunt down the stretch. And if you look at the season before this, because you know there's more evidence here to suggest that the Rangers are a strong second-half team under David Quinn, and that they play their best hockey when it's crunch time. The Rangers going into the All-Star break last season, and this is pre-pandemic, so it feels like it happened about 25 years ago. But going into the All-Star break last season, the Rangers were about 10 points out of the playoff picture. And what happens? They come storming out of the, I wouldn't even say starting blocks, but whatever you call it, after the All-Star break, and they go on a tear. They go 14-7-1 down the stretch, and then, of course, we all know what happens next. The season gets paused due to the pandemic, and we end up with that crazy 2014 playoff tournament. But the bottom line is, the Rangers, once again, playing their best hockey in crunch time for David Quinn. I think that's, again, a coach that knows how to push the right buttons, send the right message, and get these guys to put their best foot forward when it matters the most. And this kind of leads me into the next point that I'm going to make because I'm going to go ahead and uh, look at it from the perspective of the anti-David Quinn New York Ranger fans. And I think that an argument that they could make and have made on social media and other ways over these past couple of seasons is that it does seem like the Rangers tend to struggle in really big games. And you can look back. I just mentioned the 2014 playoff tournament. And, I mean, to me, take this with a grain of salt because it was such a weird season anyway. It was such a unique circumstance where the Rangers, you know, and every other team in the NHL, they don't play for months, and then they're in a bubble, and they're jumping into a playoff series. It was really, really bizarre circumstances. It's a best of five instead of a best of seven. But when you look at that playoff series against the Hurricanes, let's be honest, it was a freaking disaster. I mean, they get swept out of the playoffs, three games to none. They only score four total goals in the three games, and for one reason or another, they just didn't look like they were ready to play. And this is despite the fact 
that during, you know, the training camp, the return to play phase two or whatever it was, the part of the return to play initiative where the teams were, you know, just practicing and they were in training camp and just getting raring to go again, all indications out of that was, man, this team looks focused. They look like they're ready to go on a run. And as Reindeer fans, you know, I think a lot of us were really excited because, first of all, the Rangers are getting into the playoffs despite finishing in 11th place in the Eastern Conference. And as far as the opponent is concerned, beggars can't be choosers. The Rangers finished in 11th. We'll play whoever we got to play. But, man, we thought we got a huge break playing this Carolina Hurricanes team that we had gone 4-0 against in the regular season. What happened in the playoffs? The Rangers were just basically pushed around. They couldn't get anything going. There was never really a reason during any of these games. I mean, you try to stay positive. I do my best to stay positive on here as well. But there was never any reason in that playoff series to really believe that the Rangers were going to win it. I mean, I know in Game 3, I think it was Kreider gave the Rangers a one nothing lead pretty late in the second period. So there was a glimmer of hope there. But the Rangers were pretty thoroughly swept out of the playoffs there and pretty thoroughly outplayed. And it's one of those things you just kind of scratch your head when it's over. It's like, man, what was that? Like, what happened to this team that dominated the Carolina Hurricanes the entire regular season? So that's one example. And I think a more recent example of the Rangers coming up short in big games would be this two-game set against the Islanders down the stretch here. Now, the Rangers went into that series just four points behind the Boston Bruins. I know the Bruins had games in hand, yada, 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 but bottom line is they were within striking distance of a playoff spot, and they were just five points behind the New York Islanders. So if the Raiders had somehow won both of these games, and let's say they won both in regulation, they would have been just one point behind the Islanders and maybe just, you know, a point, two points, maybe tied with the Boston Bruins at that point. But what happens in those two games with the Rangers? They get shut out twice by Semyon Varlamov, who is a good goalie. I think he's somebody who's always been around, you know, the top 10 threshold as far as the best goalies in the NHL. So I do think he's underrated. And obviously the Islanders play, uh, they do what they do very well. It's very boring to watch, but they play a good defensive style. I do think it's a brutal matchup for the Rangers, but facts are facts. The Rangers had a chance to make a push for the playoffs and they got shut out by their rival in back-to-back games. So that is not good. It's not a good look for, you know, David Quinn and really the entire coaching staff that they couldn't get anything more out of the Rangers uh, in that playoff series against the Hurricanes or in the two-game set against the Islanders with, you know, potentially a playoff spot on the line. So that's a point against David Quinn. Something else that I've always liked about David Quinn and something that I want to say in his favor here, and another reason why I think, you know, he created a a good culture there with the Rangers and why I think he should have been giving another season is that he gives guys a chance. You know, he doesn't really care about your draft status or how heralded you are coming into the season. Players in this New York Ranger organization have been given opportunities under David Quinn. He gives them a chance, and we have seen it pay dividends. You look at a guy like Ryan Lindgren. Maybe certain coaches would look at Ryan Lindgren and say, you know what, you're not really in the team's uh, plans this season, so we're just going to send you to the AHL, and you can just kind of uh, you know play out your hockey days there. No, Ryan Lindgren was given an opportunity, took the bull by the horns, played well, never looked back, and David Quinn rewarded him for it by leaving him on the New York Rangers. He spent part of last season with the Hartford Wolfpack. Once he got the call up, he played very well. He was pretty much here to stay, and now now look at him, firmly entrenched in the Ranger top four, got a new contract, and I don't think any single person that covers this team or watches this team thinks that that's a bad thing, that Ryan Lingren is going to be sticking with the Rangers. Some coaches may have never even given him a chance. David Quinn gave Ryan Lingren a chance, and Lingren took advantage of it. Look at Colin Blackwell this past season. Now look, Colin Blackwell is not a Hall of Famer. He's not an all-star caliber player, but he's somebody who came completely out of nowhere to become a very productive player with this New York Ranger team. And again, David Quinn, There was kind of a revolving door. We talked about this in the past. There was a revolving door on the second line right wing spot. A lot of guys had chances, but it was Colin Blackwell who once again really kind of took the bull by the horns, to use that analogy again, and just kind of ran with it 
found some chemistry with Panarin and Strom. Of course, it helps that he's out there with Artemi Panarin. But hey, Colin Blackwell ran with it, had a much better season than anyone ever could have expected. He was given a chance, and he definitely helped the Rangers out. Also got some time on the power play as well as the penalty kill. And then how about somebody like Keandre Miller? You know, it would have been easy for the Rangers to just say, well, you know, we're just going to send you to the Wolf Pack and you'll develop there and blah, 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 and maybe we'll bring you up midway through the season. No, Keandre Miller was given an opportunity in training camp and he won the job outright. He was there on opening night and started the season very strong. Like I said earlier, I do think maybe he faded a little bit down the stretch, but for the most part, Keandre Miller got valuable experience with this Ranger team and it's because David Quinn allowed him to compete for a spot on the opening night roster and... Miller took advantage and was with the team the entire season, and deservedly so. And to just kind of further emphasize my point here, let's take a look at a really random player like Kevin Rooney. Kevin Rooney was brought in via free agency. It was just kind of an under-the-radar move. Nobody really thought that much of it. I think a lot of people coming into the season, including myself, figured Rooney would be the kind of player that would be in and out of the lineup as a healthy scratch, night in and night out, game-to-game basis kind of thing. But instead, and he was a healthy scratch once or twice at the beginning of the season, but under David Quinn, Kevin Rooney was given the opportunity to assert himself, and that's exactly what Rooney did. Rooney was a solid fourth-line player, occasionally a third-line player, very good on the penalty kill, hard-nosed player, goes in there aggressively on the forecheck. He allowed Kevin Rooney to claim a bigger role for himself, and he did, and Rooney even chipped in with a little bit of offense this season. So the bottom line, all these players that I just mentioned were guys that under different coaches may not have been given an opportunity, but David Quinn gave them a chance. He gave them a chance, and he rewarded them for strong play, which seems like common sense, but you look around sports and there's coaches who don't do that. There's coaches that just have it in their head that this player's in this role, that player's in that role, and it's not going to change. David Quinn reacts when you play well. He reacts when you don't play well. He holds these players accountable and he gives players an opportunity. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I like him and one of the reasons why I believe he should still be there. One more reason against David Quinn being back. I don't know how much this worked against him or not, but I could see maybe where Dolan just kind of looked at how the Rangers played when David Quinn wasn't there and they were playing under Chris Knobloch. The Rangers went 4-2 and two under Chris Knobloch when he was uh, subbing in for David Quinn, when Quinn and the entire coaching staff were on the COVID list. And the first game that the Rangers played was against the Flyers under Knobloch, and they won that game 9 to nothing, and just played strong hockey really throughout uh, the six-game stretch that Knobloch was there. I don't know how much... That counted against David Quinn. It's really hard to say. I don't really think that it should count against him that much, but I'll let that up to you guys. I mean, there might be people who saw what the Rangers did under Knobloch in that small sample size and feel that that was a reason that David Quinn shouldn't be there. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'll at least toss it out there. And one other reason that I'll toss out there as far as why the Rangers should stick with David Quinn, and I'll admit this is kind of my flimsiest pro reason on this list, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. I got to be honest, guys, I'm not really that into a lot of the names that I'm hearing as far as potential David Quinn replacements, uh, some of the names that are kicked around, and we're definitely going to look at all these candidates in greater detail. Very likely in tomorrow's episode, we'll dive deeper into all of these different options, but some of the names that I'm seeing and hearing include John Tortorella, might as well just start with him, uh, Rick Tockett, Bob Hartley, Mike Babcock, no, no, no Mike Babcock, Patrick Waugh. Bruce Boudreaux, not really a fan of him. Claude Julian, not really a fan of him either. I don't know. None of these are really jumping out to me. The one name that I do like that I've heard toss out there is Gerald Gallant. I always thought Gallant got kind of a, a bad deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. That's something that isn't talked about enough. That guy went in there and took an expansion team to the Stanley Cup Finals. That simply is not something that happens in professional sports where an expansion team goes to the championship of its respective sport. And he did that, and a year and a half after doing that, he got fired. So I always thought he got kind of a bad deal there. I think his players like him and they play hard for him. Spoiler alert, he's probably my top choice to replace David Quinn. I mean, if up to me, David Quinn would still be there, but he's not, so 
Gallant's going to be my top choice. And like I said, we'll dive into all these uh, different options in tomorrow's episode. But I got to be honest, none of them are really jumping off the page to me. as like, oh, man, I would love to have Bruce Boudreaux as our head coach. Or I'd love to have Patrick Waugh as our head coach. Or I'd love to have Mike Babcock as our head coach. Yeah, not really. So, like I said, we'll dive into all those options tomorrow. I don't think David Quinn's going to be out of work for too long. I think he'll definitely get another shot at being a head coach in the NHL level. Could be one of those situations where, uh, you know, he has to settle for being an assistant coach for a little while, maybe take a step back, and then uh, maybe sooner or later he gets another crack at a head coaching gig. We will see how it shakes out. But, you know, all the best to David Quinn. I, I think he did overall a really nice job while he was here. I am sad to see him go. I think a lot of Ranger fans are sad to see him go. Not all Ranger fans. Some Ranger fans are probably happy about this. We'll probably have some Ranger fans listening to this right now who are feeling pretty good about this. And that's fine. You know, that that's why sports are fun. It's a lot of fun to debate this with you guys. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the David Quinn firing. You can uh, get in touch with this podcast by sending an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And like I said, we are just getting started with the David Quinn stuff and the Rangers search for a new head coach, and we will be continuing to cover all of that throughout the week here. Do not miss tomorrow's episode. We're going to be diving into every uh, head coaching candidate who's out there right now who has been linked to the Rangers in one way or another. But once again, that will do it for today. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, when and where will the Oakland Athletics move? That's the cue of the day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.